The regular season is here, and I bet you're really into basketball because you're listening to this, and it's time for you to get into the action with an online sports book by the name of BetDSI.com. They have over 20 years in the business. They're safe. They're top-rated. I play there. BetDSI.com has a great special for you, the Mavericks fan. Sign up today and get $10 for free. And you can wager it on whatever you want. They just want you to try their, try their service. BetDSI is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. Whatever you put in, they match. They have great customer service, fast and easy payment on winnings, hundreds of basketball and football wagers to choose from, UFC, even Trump versus Clinton. If you're into that kind of game, you can bet on the election if you'd like to. BetDSI.com even has live in-game wagering on football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play and bet virtually everything at BetDSI. Go to BetDSI.com now. That's BetDSI.com. Go there now and use the promotional code MAVERICKS10 to get your free wager and start winning today. That's MAVERICKS10 for your free wager. Go there, do it, BetDSI.com. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, welcome into Locked on Mavericks for Tuesday, December 6th. My name is Mike Marshall. I'm one of your hosts. Uh, the better half of this production is on the other side of the phone line. That is one Jacob Kemp at Not Jack Kemp on Twitter and producer of Bad Radio on Sports Radio 1310. And also it's on 96.7 FM, the ticket, uh, Monday through Fridays, noon to three. Jacob, how are you doing this morning, pal? Doing very well. Got another vo- moral victory out of the way. <laughs> for the Dallas Mavericks this season um, as they uh, they hosted the Charlotte Hornets last night who were not very kind guests um, once again. But we'll, uh, we'll push through some of that game, some of the deets that came out of it, and then uh, what the Andrew Bogut injury means going forward. Um, but so we are part of the uh, larger Locked On podcast network. Um, there's a Cowboys version out there, and I bet they're having a hell of a time. I bet it's like a Gatsby party every <laughs> every single stinking day. And uh, they're not, like, questioning their sports religion every 10 days like we have to. But, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. I don't know what it does exactly, but the numbers look cool. Uh, so I guess let's get moving. The Dallas Mavericks hosted the Charlotte Hornets last night and lost a basketball game, but uh, but played pretty well through three quarters. Uh, the total was 109 to 101, which is not very uh, indicative of most Mavs games this season as they've been holding most opponents under 100 and their pace has been super slow. But uh, we'll get to some of the details of why that happened. Uh, Mavs coming in off their best win of the season. Charlotte coming in off their worst loss. So I figured things would uh, kind of course correct themselves a little bit. I guess the the note from the first quarter for me was, uh, w- number one, Dwight Powell killed a guy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that alley hoop, yeah. Cody Zeller. I don't know how Cody Zeller like uh, didn't just self combust. But I like, uh, uh, my favorite part of that play was Bogut. Yeah, like Bogut looked like he wanted to 
marry Dwight Powell right then. <laughs> he was pretty pleased. He was fired up. You Dude, the first the first time I saw it, it was on the far end of the court, and I didn't have like the TV like changed over to the game broadcast yet, and I thought it was Bogut. And yeah. I like almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> I was yeah. like, "What just happened?" But it was uh, it was Dwight Powell. It was Powell the, needs uh, that man. I mean, he does. He really does, man. The confidence of making a big play, or it's actually seeing Bogut, stuff like that, like little stuff like that, lets me know that you know Bogut, despite the fact that he is not going to be here, that guy's still a good teammate, and he oh, knows yeah. that Powell is at twenty five, just trying to make his way in the league now. He got a deal, so it's not like he's you know headed down on a 10-day, but he's struggling this year. And it's not – I feel like whenever I hear maybe even you and basketball Twitter talk about it, it makes it seem like he's having like an atrocious year. And his numbers are not really that bad compared to where they were last year. He just hasn't taken like a step up. But it's only 20 games, and I bet if you looked at PER – he might be leading the team right now. <laughs> that's that's kind of sad, but also kind of impressive for him. Because he, he just does like a number of things, or, you know, ideally he does a number of things. Last night was a pretty classic Dwight Powell game. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, his fourth was, quarter was awesome. Yeah. Like, he played really well late. Like, that's the only reason the Mavericks were even in it. Like, everyone else, I felt, <laughs> basically got tired uh, because everyone hopped on Harrison Barnes's back for – uh, three quarters, and then no one else was really attacking. The ball movement kind of died. The Hornets took over, started actually hitting three-pointers uh, at the end of the third and end of the fourth, and the only mismatch that they had, like natural non-fit that was happening, was Dwight Powell uh, basically ducking his head and getting to the basket against um, like Batum and Kaminsky, and he did it. he did it again and again and again. And that kept the Mavs close. It obviously it wasn't good enough to uh to win because there was that sequence with like I don't know, it might have been like five minutes left. Um when the Zeller pick and roll, the little flip in, Hornets gotta stop, the Kimba run out, Hornets gotta stop, and then there were like two free throws from Bellinelli in there, and it was like, Okay, eight points is too much for this Mavericks team to overcome. <laughs> yeah. In this fourth quarter, like I hate watching a game and feeling like that's an insurmountable lead, but it is. <laughs> it is. I mean, Unless... it's just that's where they are, especially without it really that's where you you need Dirk or you need like Monte. Yeah. No, unless unless West just like lights himself on flame, um which he has done a couple times this season and he's pushed games into overtime on his own, but he wasn't I mean, he was he was fine last night. He was 4 of 9, 5 of 13 overall, so his numbers are going to uh, stay fancy uh, like they've been over the last 10 games. I'm sure he's still hovering around 44, 45% of the last 10 games. But, uh, yeah, if he's not getting open consistently along the perimeter, then no, you can't score that many points in that amount of time. You can you can claw back if you're in the third quarter down that many because Barnes can definitely, like we saw last night, dude, he was abusing Frank Kaminsky. Like, it, I felt bad for Frank at some points because Barnes was like, oh, you want to chase me out here? Okay, man, sure. And then he was like, oh, I know you're like a foot taller than me, but watch this. I'm str- I'm strong. That is the classic example of why he can get away with that and in the same game why at times they can't, and that's that they got slaughtered on the glass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the negative, are- negative 20, right? 
Yeah, the Hornets are a pretty good defensive rebounding team, but when you run into a team that is a pretty good defensive rebounding team, that is going to be a problem with regard to Barnes being, you know, yeah, that's uh, that's the, the that's I the mean, down that's the downside. Yeah, so you saw you kind of saw it in one game that a guy like Kaminsky mm-hmm. has no chance. But even though Kaminsky only ended up with three rebounds, and uh, Barnes ended up with seven, the overall disposition of and of just girth around the rim is yeah. Charlotte is, is the kind of team that can make you pay for that and 55 35 like and I heard after the game Rick is like oh you know you have to look at it if it's effort and he I think he even qualified it by saying I hate to say that about this team I don't think it has anything to do with that effort on that front I think they're no. just that's a that's, they're outmatched right there no, I mean, they're, they're the second, in terms of uh, defensive rebounds per game, they're second worst in the league. Charlotte's second best. That's with <laughs> uh, your full complement and Bogut on the court. And then Bogut gets hurt late in the first, and they had Hawes out there and Hibbert at the same time. And I swear to God, there was like a two-minute stretch in which the Mavericks did not get a rebound. Yeah. Because they would get a body on Powell. And then it's like it, at a couple of points there, it was literally Spencer Hall's just reaching over Devin Harris, yeah, and grabbing rebounds. And I was like, oh, poor little guy. But uh, Devin actually played pretty well. I really liked Devin's first quarter. He had seven points, uh, knocked down some jumpers, um, played really well off the ball, and uh, you know, just another guard in there that can uh, keep this thing kind of steady. Um, I don't think he has any kind of trade value in terms of you know as we look forward. Um, and what the Bogut injury means and stuff like that. But so you head into half with a lead. And I think the two notes that I wrote <laughs> at halftime were Charlotte is not going to shoot 0% from three. And the Mavs getting destroyed on the boards is going to end up costing them at some minute here. And it didn't early in the third. Like the Mavs jumped out, scored the first. Uh, they went up 58-50 early in the third off a Barnes post-up, a Darren three, and then a West three, which was like the best stretch of the game. Um, everybody started, you know, standing up and yelling and stuff like that. And uh, they kept consistently going to Kaminsky uh, against Barnes in the third. And then they switched Batum onto him, and it changed a little bit. But the Mavs take a lead into um, the fourth quarter even. And then it becomes undone because Bellinelli starts draining some threes. Uh, The Mavs literally never found one uh, even semblance of a solution for that Nicholas Batum, Cody Zeller pick and roll. Like that was just, they got the shot they wanted every single time they ran that. And it is a unique, um, I don't don't know how many pick and rolls you're going to see like that this year Mm -hmm. with a 6'10 dude. getting screened by a seven-foot dude that can that can move a little bit. Um, so I understand, but and without Bogut out there, it's just a completely different game. It was just a game of lineups. Yeah. Like the Mavs were like, here, watch what I can do whenever I make you guard Harrison Barnes to the perimeter. And then the Hornets were like, oh, watch what we can do whenever you can't get a rebound. Yeah. And their, their trick worked better. <laughs> so – 109-101, drops the Mavericks to 4-16 and 16 on the season. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets rise up to 12-9. and nine. Um, Not a bad little team. They need to figure out some, some, home, some home woes that they've had, like the Minnesota game um, a couple days ago. But 
I would buy. I'd buy some stock in the Hornets, especially if they can get uh, like one more young player piece in there, and maybe get Michael Kid Gilchrist the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah, he's a problem for them offensively. He's a disaster. <laughs> but he can. He is a stopper. So I would prefer to upgrade. You know, to get a more offensive. I mean, I just don't know that Kaminsky can ever be a starter for you. I mean, I know that they basically moved. Hibbert to the bench, mm-hmm. and I guess I get that because they just have a number of guys that I don't know that they belong in the league. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds no. terrible to say in 2016. Like you can really only have one of those guys. No, they got a lot of fat on that roster. Yeah, you can't have three guys who essentially. And I guess it depends. It depends on if Kaminsky's uh, if his he is able to develop an NBA jumper. But mm-hmm. I'm suspect. And by the way. Uh, you gotta as far as PER in the Mavericks, we gotta eliminate uh, AJ Hammonds because he's only played 26 minutes. So then Berea in nine games is at 17.6, Harrison Barnes at 17, and Dwight Powell at 16.6. Wow! So he is actually pretty close to being their most efficient player. <laughs> yeah, no, and he's honestly he's been good of late. Um, last I mean, night yeah, was Saturday, 15, Saturday as well. Yeah, 15 and seven last night. Um, took over in the fourth quarter like I don't have a problem with him right now I just I don't know I don't know how to judge him at this moment because 32 minutes from a uh you know a big I don't know if 15 and 7 is fine you know I don't know if uh Derek Favors gets those 32 minutes is it 20 and 10 you know I just I don't I don't know how to judge him right now he's gonna be playing out of position going forward um because Bogut's injury yeah, and let's get to that, but he's going to get plenty of opportunities here to try to oh, improve yeah. on a team that isn't going anywhere this season. And uh-huh. I, I think for me, I just want Dwight Powell to be the best bench big on a team that is winning. Yeah, and, and honestly... That's a pretty high bar, like, especially mm-hmm. when you pay a guy $7 million a year, you're not paying him to be a starter. No, you're not. that's not starter money. I mean, starter average money is, what, 15 now? Uh, yeah, I'd if, say if you in, do the, it. in this market. But, yeah, yeah, so now he's getting eight, nine. In his last year of the deal, it'll be ten. But at that point, that's like six under the old rules. So, to me, if he can be a guy who can give you 23 to 25 minutes a night but is like 60% from the floor, yeah, then you're probably good money on that. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a win on that deal. And, honestly, I don't feel like, depending on how long Bo gets out, the rest of the season, I don't feel like there's a shot that he can take that's a bad shot because of the circumstance, because they're so poor offensively uh, at the moment until Dirk returns, until J.J. Barea returns, that I honestly want Dwight Powell to just kind of try some stuff. <laughs> just kind of sh- show me what you got. What's in your bag of tricks? I know he's he's been working on his three, like, nonstop, like a madman, and I don't know if – I think he's only taken, like, six this year total I think is what uh what follow quoted last night but man show me the bag of tricks because you're about to get an opportunity because yep. they don't trust Salah Mejri at all uh he was awful last night I mean if you can't get in a game um against the Charlotte Hornets when they're using Roy Hibbert for 22 minutes what is your role like what what are you there for like, if you can't body up Hibbert, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think we all have. Uh, we should have the view on Salah that anything he gives you is. I mean, like I would never say that I expect him to be the first best bench big on a good team. Yeah, like the the difference in what I am hoping for for Pal and Measury, there's quite a gulf in there. Like if Salah can just hang in the league on a mm-hmm. team that is good, I think I'd be happy. I mean, that's about <clears throat> it. You didn't really spend anything to get him. Yeah. Um, he makes some eye-popping plays at times that probably uh, skew our perception of him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you start getting, like, just layup lined on or people are just uh, destroying you um, in a pick-and-roll lob situation, throw Salah in there. He'll mix it up at least. Like, you're not going to get to the rim. Uh, he might foul out in, like, ten minutes, but he'll he'll stick his nose in there. He doesn't mind getting dunked on or just, like, bodying somebody and blocking them. But that's completely different um, profile than what I want out of Dwight Powell at this minute. And A.J. Hammonds is not there. <laughs> they don't yeah. trust him. They don't trust him in the uh, in the slightest. But So Bogut's um, into the first quarter. Hibbert falls backwards. His giant head bangs into the knee of Bogut. Uh, it's said to be a hyperextension of the knee. For Bogut, he's going to get an MRI today because they don't have an MRI machine at the American Airlines Center. Um, and we'll figure out the uh, the severity of it. And we're going to get some more fun uh, Rick Carlisle barking at people over WebMD questions uh, <laughs> over, over the next few days. Um, so this really sucks uh, in, a, in a multitude of ways. Number one... Um, I think we did this to Bogut <laughs> by trying to trade him to the 76ers yesterday. Um, well, let's be clear that we wanted to trade him to waive him so that he could rejoin the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. And also, I mean, really, what would <laughs> this is such a stupid thing to say? What would the Sixers even do with him? I mean, we have enough bigs over there already. We don't need. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even need him. Come on. I don't, what do I need a fourth big Better for? presence, perhaps, but outside of that, <laughs> I'm having enough problems working these other guys in. Why do I need a fourth uh, rotation big in Philadelphia? What are you talking yeah. about? Um, Silly. So, yeah, it's supposed to be – I mean, that's, you know, something around a two-week injury um, is what, uh, what the internet told us last night during the post-game show. So, they might lose every single game Bogut's out. And I've said they might lose every single game that Bray and Dirk are out. So um, this entire equation of you hit the fork in the road, like what to choose, it's not even in the Mavericks' hands anymore. Right, it hasn't been for some time, but I I still would like to see him get healthy so that he can play for another team. Yeah. Like just because he has some – potentially problematic wild alt-right support in his blood somewhere. (laughs) He also still had like one of the best takes on race relations in the United States whenever he was asked about it in the preseason. Andrew Bogut's a good dude. Like, I know that he's, you know, in the same way, like this is spiraling out of control here, but in the same way that he can offer opinions about things related to our country and social issues here that we should look at as, hey, this is coming from someone from the outside. I think we also have to look at whenever someone from a place like Australia engages in some level of political rhetoric that we find objectionable, well, it's not as objectionable there. And I know that sounds weird, but 
people from different places have different standards of what is and isn't okay. And it's not even like necessarily a PC question. It's just that he's got some, (laughs) he's retweeted some wild ass stuff on Twitter before and people freaked out over it. But I mean, just from a general standpoint of just going back to the, one of the first things I said about how he reacts to Dwight Powell, a guy who Andrew Bogut has very little invested in Dwight Powell. And he still looked like he wanted to adopt him last night after that. Oop. Andrew Mm -hmm. Bogut's a good teammate. He deserves, I think at this point of his career, to play on a good team if he wants to. So I just hope he gets healthy so they can move him so he can play somewhere else. The reality is, though, is that the Mavericks have had the hardest schedule in the NBA matched up against the most injuries in the NBA, and that is untenable when it comes to trying to win or make the playoffs. I mean, especially if you're a fringe team already, it just isn't going to happen. So it's almost awesome at this point. Like, go get me a second for Bogut, and then maybe I can package those two seconds together uh, for something else, I don't know, like uh, either a late first or a, or a, you know move up in the second. I mean, you're going to be talking about having like the 34th overall pick. Yeah. yeah. And if I can, in addition to that, I can have some teams like, you know, and again, in the scenario we painted the other day with Bogut, you wouldn't be getting a second back. You would just be getting the first Nerlens and they would wave him. But I, I want as much draft capital as possible over the next two years. Yeah. No, I'm I'm totally in that business. Like that's <laughs> – the shop is open. Let's yeah. get uh, let's get draft uh, draft assets, and Bogut can be traded December fifteenth. Obviously, I don't think he'll be back in that time, so it kind of pushes the timetable backwards into maybe January. And the Mavericks have the uh, the most games ever in franchise history this December, uh, seventeen games. They're doing this again, as they did last January, the month that basically broke them. <laughs> um, but uh, one more note. There have been, going into last night, there had been 604 games played in the NBA this season. Um, There are only 14 times in which a team made three threes or fewer. And that's what the Hornets did last night, and they won decidedly. (laughs) Which was just, it was, uh, that was a mind-altering experience, wondering if a team was actually going to hit a three. (laughs) I mean, they're a weird team. Oh, and yeah, there's, they're no, there's super no two strange. ways about it. Like, they None of their pieces fit, almost. They, despite being a really good – I have to check this year's numbers, but I know despite being a really good um, uh, rebounding team, they don't really rebound on offense much at all. No, they get back. They, so limit, they, they limit transition. That's right. So they, I think they pretty much just allow Gilchrist to try to yeah. crash. So they, they don't really – despite being a team that is big, they don't really rebound on offense at all. I'm trying to pull it up here. Uh, it's got to be better than it used to be. No, it's actually not. Their offensive <laughs> rebounding percentage is 29th in the NBA. Their yeah. defensive rebounding percentage is third in the NBA. But they're excellent at transition defense, so that tells yeah. you like they're trying to get back, and they, they, let, they let one guy dive. They Whoever. take a few more threes this year than they did last year, but mm. they're still an average three-point shooting team. They're just yeah. weird. They're a weird yeah. team. Oh, especially with Marvin Williams out. Yeah, they're, that's true. They're, they're extremely strange whenever you have to start Kaminsky. Um, because that just leaves you all kinds of messed up against other teams like threes and fours. And Kaminsky has made some really big shots over the last couple of weeks. I know just from doing <laughs> highlights of them, little two-minute highlight packages, like, oh, Kaminsky just hit the three to put him up seven, or Kaminsky just hit the three to to uh, to tie the game. And he's had some pretty nifty box scores. If you're a daily fantasy dude and uh, you, you roll back his game log, like, don't sleep on that. But Marvin Williams is just – He's a different animal right now than, than Frank, and that makes him a different team. 
But, uh, yeah, they're a little bit of a quagmire and that I don't feel like anything really fits when Williams is out. But, um, yeah, Mavs lost to a better team <laughs> once again, but played really well through three quarters, and we got a fun uh, Harrison Barnes show. And uh, Darren played well, too, by the way. 13 assists was pretty was pretty stinking legit. He didn't shoot he's well. He's actually playing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, he's not shooting super well, but 15 assists Saturday night and then 13 last night. Like, okay, <laughs> I see you. We might need to have the conversation at some point about whether or not he has value. Oh, I think he does for sure. I, I mean, on that Charlotte team, I would think he would have value uh, instead of rolling out Ramon Sessions um, in the second unit. They need someone – I mean, it sounds weird to say they need somebody to replace Jeremy Lin, what he did last year for him. <laughs> no, but, yeah, uh, they do. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening. We'll get back at you tomorrow. Get ramped up for them Kangs at the AAC uh, tomorrow evening. Jake will be on the postgame call. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Jacob, thank you for your time. We'll see you, man. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.